0: Everybody, you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 114. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in an Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Okay, so for today's episode, Sunday, December 20th, as usual, we are doing the news and rumors. From the big four camera rumor sites, which is Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. So let's see what we have for this week. Let's do this! Alright, first up, Canon has a new patent that shows off a new approach to the modern shutter button. Canon News has uncovered a very interesting patent by Canon. This one looks at potentially replacing the modern shutter button as we know it. And no, Canon is not replacing the shutter button with a direct print button. If you look at Area 61 of the patented image, there is no shutter button, just what looks to be a touchpad. The touchpad would have multiple functions depending on what you're doing with your camera. Before you freak out, I'm sure Canon has learned a lot about touchpads from the EOS R and how poorly it was generally received. While not a huge detriment to the EOS R, I think a more classical approach to ergonomics would have served the camera well. If Canon is seriously considering this approach, hopefully it's thoroughly tested in the real world before it's released to the masses. So that's definitely an interesting little tidbit there. I'm not sure how I feel about the idea of Canon replacing the conventional shutter button with a touchpad. Um, I do like the touch bar on the EOS R. I use it to control ISO when I'm shooting, but I know a lot of people don't like it, and a lot of people complained about it or just plain keep it disabled because they thought it was a, um, I guess you could say a poorly thought out concept that wasn't really properly vetted and tested in the real world, so a lot of people aren't really fans of the touch bar on the eos R, but i personally like it I, I you know either way i could go with or without it um but i'm not a complainer I, I i think it serves a good function and i do like having it on the camera so that's just my two cents worth next up firmware canon updates firmware on various camcorders to add c log 3 Canon has released new firmware for various camcorders in their lineup, including the XA40, the XA55, the XA50, and the XF405-XF400. For the Canon XA40 version 1.0.1.0, adds support for the XF-AVC recording modes which is 4K UHD, 3840 by 2160 at 29 frames, and 23.98 frames and 25 frames. Full HD at 1920 by 1080 at 60 frames, and uh, also available at 30 frames, tw- at 25 frames, and 24 frames. Adds custom picture modes that enable detailed image settings, and expands the assignable features to the assigning buttons. And you can download that directly from this article, which I'll have included in the show notes for this episode. For the XF405, XF400, it's version 1.0.5.0, adds custom picture modes that enable detailed image settings, adds EOS standard and production camera color matrix to custom picture parameter, expand assignable features to the assignment buttons, improves autofocus accuracy when zooming and improves image quality when using the digital zoom advanced 30 times mode and you can download that firmware directly from this article as well and finally for the x a 55 x a 50 it's version 1.0.1.0 adds custom picture modes that enable detailed image settings adds eos standard and production camera color matrix presets to custom picture modes expands the assignable features that can be programmed to the assign buttons and improves autofocus accuracy when zooming. So definitely some exciting news there of some new updates for Canon's uh, cinema cameras or camcorders to give them more functionality as well as the C-Log3. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited by that new firmware. The RF 24 to 70, or uh, 70 to 200, excuse me, F4L ISUSM has been delayed until early March 2021. Last week I reported that the RF 70 to 200 F4L ISUSM would be delayed until January 2021 based on retailer notifications. Now it appears that Canon has delayed the lens until early March due to production challenges from canon and this is google translated regarding the rf 70 to 200 f4 l is usm announced on november 4th 2020 and scheduled to be released in late december due to production reasons we cannot prepare a sufficient supply amount for the release therefore we have decided to postpone the release until early march 2021 we would like to inform you of this and deeply apologize Scheduled release date before change, scheduled to be released in late December 2020. After the change, scheduled to be released in early March 2021. We apologize for the inconvenience caused to our customers for waiting on this, but we will do our utmost to launch it, and we appreciate your continued patronage. So this is definitely an item. You know, this is a story that's not all that shocking because, you know, with the global pandemic, all the stuff going on related to that... Most all of the camera companies have had their production uh, impacted in one way or another, so it's not unusual to see a new item that Canon was initially hoping to release by the end of 2020 getting delayed until the first quarter of 2021. Adobe reports record quarter four and fiscal 2020 revenue. From San Jose, California via Business Wire. Adobe today reported financial results for its fourth quarter and fiscal year ended November 27, 2020. In its fourth quarter of fiscal year 2020, Adobe achieved record quarterly revenue of $3.42 billion, which represents 14% year-over-year growth. In fiscal year 2020, Adobe achieved record annual revenue of $12.87 billion, which represents a 15% year-over-year growth. Quote, Adobe delivered record quarter four and fiscal year 20 revenue performance amidst, admit amidst <laughs> an unprecedented macroeconomic environment, said Shantanu Nar- Naruin, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, I apologize, uh, president and CEO of Adobe. Quote, as the undisputed leader in three growing categories, creativity, digital documents, and customer experience management, we are well positioned to capture the massive market opportunity ahead of us in 2021 and beyond. The resilience of our business, our operational discipline, and ability to drive insights from real-time data has enabled us to thrive in 2020, said John Murphy, Executive Vice President and CFO of Adobe. Quote, our record Q4 cash flow demonstrates the strength of our operating model, and we look forward to delivering strong top and bottom line growth in 2021. In its fourth quarter of fiscal year 2020, Adobe created a new segment called Publishing and Advertising, which combines the publishing segment with Advertising Cloud, which was previously included in the digital experience segment. This realignment resulted from a change Adobe made in the fourth quarter to the way the company manages its digital experience business to better reflect the strategic shift related to advertising cloud and to align with our overall core value propositioning, proposition of delivering on customer experience and management. Advertising cloud revenue and costs of revenue have been reclassified on the income statement from subscription to services and other. Financial information for fiscal year 2018, 19, and 20 have been revised to maintain comparability. Fourth quarter fiscal year 2020 financial highlights. Adobe achieved record quarterly revenue of $3.42 billion in its fourth quarter of fiscal year 2020, which represents 14% year-over-year growth. Diluted earnings per share was $4.64 on a -A -A GAAP basis, and $2.81 on a -A -A non-GAAP basis. Digital media segment revenue was $2.50 billion, which represents 20% year-over-year growth. Creative revenue grew to $2.08 billion, and document cloud revenue grew to $411 million. Digital media annualized reoccurring revenue, or or ARR, grew to $10.18 billion, exiting the quarter a quarter-over-quarter increase of $548 million. Creative ARR grew to $8.72 billion, and Document Cloud ARR grew to $1.46 billion. Digital digital experience segment revenues, including advertising cloud revenue, was $877 million. Following the segment reporting change, digital experience segment revenue was $819 million, representing 10% year-over-year growth. Digital experience subscription revenue grew 14% year-over-year. GAAP operating income in the fourth quarter was $1.22 billion and non-GAAP operating income was $1.54 billion. GAAP net income was $2.25 billion and non-GAAP net income was $1.36 billion. Cash flows from operations were a record of $1.78 billion. Remaining performance obligation, or RPO, exiting the quarter was $11.34 billion. Adobe repurchased approximately 1.6 million shares of stock during the quarter. The fiscal year 2020 financial highlights Adobe achieved record annual revenue of $12.87 billion in fiscal year 2020, representing a 15% growth year-over-year. The company reported annual GAAP-diluted earnings per share of $10.83 and non-GAAP-diluted earnings per share of $10.10. Digital media segment revenue was $9.23 billion, representing 20% year-over-year growth. Creative and Document Cloud achieved record annual revenue of $7.74 billion and $1.50 billion, respectively. Digital Media AAR grew by $1.85 billion during the year. Digital Experience segment revenue, including Advertising Cloud, was $3.40 billion. Following the segment reporting change, Digital Experience segment revenue was $3.13 billion, representing a 12% year-over-year growth. Digital experience subscription revenue grew 17% year-over-year. Operating income grew 30%. Net income grew 78% year-over-year on a GAAP basis. Operating income grew 24%, and net income grew 27% year-over-year on the non-GAA basis. Adobe generated a record $5.73 billion in operating cash flows during the year. The company repurchased 8 million shares during the year, returning $3.0 billion of cash to stockholders. A reconciliation between GAAP and non-GAAP results is provided at the end of this year's press release and on Adobe's website. So definitely some exciting news for Adobe. It looks like uh, by going to the subscription model, they're definitely generating a lot more revenue and more profitable. And they've also combined some of their various uh, cloud departments to streamline their operations further and make themselves more profitable. Next up, an APS-C RF mount prototype is currently in the wild. This is a Canon Rumors Level 2. An RF mount camera with an APS-C sensor has been long rumored since the launch of the EOS R system. Canon themselves would neither confirm nor deny such a camera is coming, which means such a camera is coming. I have been told twice recently that an APS-C sensor equipped RF mount camera is in the wild with a select group of photographers. One of the sources claims that the APS-C camera looks nearly identical to the EOS R6, which shouldn't be much of a surprise. I also expect specifications to be nearly identical as well. I get the feeling we're past the point of test mules being in the wild, so the R6 comparison is probably very accurate. I do think we'll see an EOS R7 announcement sometime in 2021, Stay tuned, as in the future, there will be more to come. And again, this doesn't surprise me. You've heard me talk about this in previous episodes. I and many others are fairly certain that Canon's on the verge of retiring the EOS M mirrorless camera line which is their current APS-C camera line and uh, mirrorless line and to go switch to uh, in favor of an RF mount APS-C system it just makes a lot more sense going forward now I'm assuming the big advantage of APS-C in the RF mount world is that Canon will only make one set of lenses for both the full frame and the RF uh, APS-C bodies I could be wrong Um, before there were differences you couldn't use the the EF mount APS-C lenses on full frame cameras but you could use the full frame lenses on the APS-C bodies and that was because of a difference in the flange on the back of the lenses it was longer on the APS-C camera uh, lenses rear housing than it was on the full frame ones so if you try to use a APS-C lens on a full frame Canon body EF mount body that flange could potentially hit the mirror and shutter assembly and cause internal damage and nobody wants that so I'm hoping that they're not only going to do an RF mount APS-C body but that being it's going to be an RF mount, it'll use the exact same lenses as the full frame RF mount cameras. There will no longer be two different lines of Canon lenses, one for full frame and one for crop body but again we'll have to wait and see but that's where my money is. Next up, the Canon EOS R6 sensor scores a 90 from DxO. DxO has completed their review of the Canon EOS R6 and found the sensor to be quite capable, even if it doesn't move the needle a ton. DxO gave the lower megapixel brother of the EOS R5 a sensor score of 90, which puts it a point behind the Canon EOS 5D Mark IV and five points behind the EOS R5. The sensor of the EOS R6 is apparently built on the sensor from the EOS 1DX Mark III, and with the latter scoring a 91 from DxO appears that they're closely related. From DxO, quote, while the 20 megapixel sensor may seem an odd choice, this is a variant of the one found in the flagship EOS 1DX Mark III, and the results are practically identical. It performs well across the board with an excellent dynamic range at all ISOs. Add to that, the sensor's good color and low noise, and the EOS R6 looks set to be a firm favorite among a wide range of photographers work, who work across many different genres. And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can go over to the website and read the full review for yourself should you be inclined. And last from Canon rumors for this week, the Canon EOS R5 scores Canon's best sensor score at DXO. DXO has completed their review of the Canon EOS R5 and has scored the new 45 megapixel sensor at 95, which is the highest score ever for a Canon image sensor. I don't think this should surprise anyone that has used the EOS R5, as the image quality is stellar from the camera. The sensors that are scoring higher than then what Canon has put into its new mirrorless cameras are the BSI image sensors, which can be found in the Nikon Z7, Z7 II, along with the Sony A7R 3 and A7R 4 However, DXO has found that Canon has closed the gap considerably. From DXO, quote, As for sensor performance, the EOS R5 sensor represents a high watermark for Canon. The maximum dynamic range is competitive with the best-in-class, and the R5 sensor offers a useful advantage at some crucial ISO settings over its rivals. It also has excellent color and low noise at high ISOs, which all go toward making the EOS R5 one of the most well-rounded performers in this important category. It may have taken a while to get here, but the Canon EOS R5 looks set to be one uh, to be the camera to beat. And, of course, you can read the full review at DxO's website, and I'll include a link to this article in the show notes as well. All right, and now we're going to switch over to Nikon rumors for this week. All right, first up, Nikon Z6 II sensor measurements published at Photons 2 Photos photons to photos published their nikon z62 sensor measurements here are a few comparisons with other cameras and you can click for a larger view of the images and of course i'll include a link to this article in the show notes um, there isn't a whole lot of text data there that i can read off to you but i did want to make my listeners aware that these results had been released Next up, Nikon Nikkor Z70-200mm f2.8 VRS lens, now in stock everywhere. The Nikon Nikkor Z70-200mm f2.8 VRS lens is now in stock at Adorama, B&H, and Amazon in the U.S., in the U.K. at Park Camera and WEX, in Denmark at Calumet, and in Canada at Camera Canada previous coverage of the Nikon Z70-200 f2.8 VR-S lens, lens can be found here and I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. Next up Nikon interview demand is returning strongly steady sales for the latest cameras more DX Z mount lenses coming DSLRs and F mount delays are expected. Here is a recap of a recent AP interview with Tetsuya uh, Morimoto, director at Nikon Europe. Nikon in 2020 and COVID-19, as an initial reaction to COVID-19, we saw a halt in customer purchasing. Consumer demand began to drop throughout the world. When consumer demand fluctuates so much, any manufacturer will be faced with challenges uh, relating to the supply chain. Although we are not totally back to normal levels, we have thankfully seen a healthy recovery, much better than what we had originally anticipated. Global demand is returning strongly. The new Nikon D780, the Z6 II, and Z7 II cameras have been well received by the market with steady sales. More DxO format lenses for Nikon Z mount are on the way, Nikon expects the production of some DSLR cameras and F-mount lenses to be impacted by the fire at the AKM Semiconductor in Japan facility. The remaining questions were answered with the standard for Nikon, quote, while we cannot comment on future products, we are constantly evaluating the needs of the market in order to respond accordingly, end quote. And, of course, you can check out this article for yourself in the show notes for this week's episode. Next up, latest Nikon Z6 Z7 firmware update version 3.20 unlocks Blackmagic RAW support. The latest nikon z6 and z7 firmware update 3.20 added black magic raw support this update will also uh, will be also coming to the new z62 and z72 cameras next year which of course is 2021 see this nikon page for additional information here is the nikon promo video and of course i'll include a link so you can check it out for yourself and there's also the full press release I'm not going to read the whole thing right now. I will let you go ahead and check it out in the show notes. Next up, TechArt TZE-01 autofocus adapter for Sony E-mount lenses to Nikon Z-mount cameras is now in stock. The new TechArt TZE-01 autofocus adapter for Sony E-mount lenses to Nikon Z-mount cameras is in stock at Adorama, B&H, and Amazon. Additional information on the adapter can be found at the article in the show notes. The uh, adapter is available for pre-order. Oh, these are older articles. Okay, so never mind that. I will just go ahead and close this segment and move on to our next story. Next up, firmware updates, version 3.20 for Z6 and Z7 cameras, and a new webcam utility is released. Nikon just released the new firmware, which I mentioned a moment ago. Uh, The Nikon webcam utility for Mac update is version 1.0.1. And let's see, we already covered the changes for the Z6 and 7 in the firmware. Uh, The changelog for the Nikon webcam utility Added support for macOS Big Sur version 11. Added support for Apple Silicon processors. Note that the webcam utility functions as a universal plug and on Apple Silicon machines runs as an Apple Silicon native app in the universal version of Chrome. So just to let you know that, um, so that's good news for the people that are already purchasing the Apple Silicon uh, Mac computers, whether it be a Mac Mini or a MacBook Pro the new Nikon webcam utility does run native, so definitely exciting there. Next up, the Nikon Z7 II sensor measurements published at Photons to Photos, um, and of course there's—it's mostly just comparison charts—and I'll include a link to this article in the show notes, so that my listeners can check it out for themselves. And last up from Nikon Rumors for this week, Skylum Luminar AI now available. All Topaz Lab products now 30% off. The new Skylum Luminar AI is now available for download. Use coupon code Rumors for $10 off. Topaz Labs is offering 30% off on all products, bundles, and upgrades site-wide. Use coupon code RUMORS15 for an additional 15% off. And, of course, I'll include the link to this article in the show notes that you can check it out for yourself and jump on those discounts if you've been waiting to buy either of these softwares. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage for the show at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. You can call or text the show at 470-294-8191 with questions, comments, or requests for future episodes. If you prefer not to call or text, you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Also, check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, and you can find us on Twitter at liamphotoatl. On Twitter, you can tweet the show. Just insert the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. And now we're going to move over to Fuji Rumors for this week. Alright, so first up from Fuji Rumors for this week. Last our 10 last-minute gifts for photographers and Fujifilm XGFX deals continue, but XT3 removed from the deals list. BH Photo Explorer has shared a top 10 list of last-minute gift ideas for photographers or for those of us desperately searching for a last-second present. Feel free to check it out here. Also, the Fujifilm X and GFX deals continue, but the Fujifilm X-T3 has been removed from the deals list for the reasons we explained here. And, of course, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes. Last but not least, at Adorama, you can get the silver Fujifilm X100F for $799. $799. Stores are constantly updating their holiday deals pages with new deals, so definitely check them out. General holiday deal pages, Amazon US, B&H Photo, and Adorama. Holiday savings by category, Apple holiday savings, ND filter savings, external hard drive savings, tripod savings, SD card savings, and battery power bank savings. All Fujifilm deals, the Fujifilm X cameras, the Fujinon X mount lenses, the Fujifilm GFX cameras, and the Fujinon G mount lenses all have links, and you can check them all out for yourself. And I'll include, like I said, a link to this article in the show notes so that you can see if any of those deals might be something you'd be interested in for this holiday season. Next up, in stock, Fujinon XF50 F1.0 in limited numbers. A limited number of the Fujifilm XF50 F1.0 lenses is currently in stock at Amazon US. The same lens is still on back order, at and Photo, and Adorama. The XF50 F1.8 links for b Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus cameras are included in this article in the show notes. Next up, the Fringer Nikon NF to Fujifilm FX Smart Autofocus Adapter has been released. The Fringer NF to XF Smart Autofocus Adapter is officially released. It's world's first smart adapter that supports Nikon F-mount lenses working on Fujifilm X cameras while keeping all of the auto auto functions. Close to 100 lenses or lenses and teleconverter combinations have been tested and optimized. They all support fast and accurate phase detection AF on the latest X-Camera bodies. Please see the list for detailed models. More lenses will be added to the list in the future through adapter firmware updates. You can see an autofocus tracking demo video in this article. You can pre-order the Fringer NF-FX to Smart Adapter at the Fringer Store as well as eBay and soon also on Amazon US, B&H Photo, and Adorama. And I'll include a link, of course, to this article in the show notes so that my listeners can check it out for themselves. Next up, eBay Germany offers 10% discount on all tech products for a maximum of 50 euro discount. You can now save 10% with 50 euro max cap on tech products sold on eBay Germany. Click here and use code uh, SUPERTECH20. This post contains affiliate links and I will be compensated if you make a purchase after clicking through my links. And again, this isn't my links. These are the affiliate links for FujiRumors.com. Next up, TT Artisan 50mm f1.2 for Fujifilm X has been announced. The TT Artisan 50mm f1.2 for Fujifilm X mount has been announced and is now available to order at B&H Photo and Amazon US. At Amazon US, you get an 8% discount with code 08YZE72X. And there are some images in this article of the lens so that you can check it out for yourself. It does look like a really awesome lens and I'm sure a lot of Fujifilm shooters will be excited to get their hands on that. And last up from Fuji Rumors for this week, the Fujifilm X-E4 still with 26 megapixel X-Trans sensor and why I'm happy with that. I noticed some speculation in the comments on whether the Fujifilm X-E4 might introduce a new sensor generation, but nope, it's not going to happen. Fujifilm will put the 26 megapixel X-Trans sensor in the X-E4. Now, quite frankly, despite it being 2.5 years old, it is still packed with Sony's latest and greatest technology, phase detection pixels all over the sensor, backside illumination, copper wiring for even faster readout. It's the best sensor Sony has to offer without going into more exotic and expensive terrain with stacked sensors, uh, such as in the Sony A9 series, which allow even faster readout but decrease dynamic range. Yes, Sony has a 43 megapixel APS-C sensor in offer, but maybe that's a bit of an overkill for an APS-C body. In my opinion, the sweet spot for APS-C is somewhere around 32 to 35 megapixels. It would allow for 8K video recording, but uh, be still supported by Fujinon Glass and just offer a nice balance between file size, details, dynamic range, cost, and overall performance. For 50-plus megapixels, it is probably better to go with the GFX system anyways. As you can imagine, I'm working on more details regarding the Fujifilm XE4. If I have anything new, I'll let you know on Fuji Rumors soon. And that is a wrap for Fuji Rumors for this week, and we'll now move on to Sony Alpha Rumors. Okay, first up from Sony Alpha Rumors, DP Review claims the Sony A7C and RX100V2 are the best choice as travel cameras. Uh, DP Review thinks these two Sony cameras are your best choice for travel photography. Quote, the rx 100 v Mark II is a pocketable long-zoom camera that does just about everything right, though it doesn't come cheap. Its 24-200mm to 200 millimeter equivalent lens offers most of the reach you'll need for a wide variety of shooting situations, while its maximum aperture of f2.8 to 45 means it's pretty flexible. It features probably the best autofocus system we've ever encountered in a compact camera, meaning the little Sony can turn into or turn its hand to almost anything you might come across on your travels. There's also a fairly easy-to-use Wi-Fi system to send images to your phone. Video is also good, thanks to the camera using the full width of the sensor and rolling shutter is minimal. Also, the lack of an ND filter means having to use higher shutter speeds than is ideal in bright conditions, potentially leaving your footage looking less professional than it might. Overall, though, the RX100V Mark II is the most capable travel camera on the market, nothing matches its combination of size, compatibility, and image quality. The Sony a7C is a lot larger than the RX100, but it's the smallest option available if you want image stabilization and full-frame image quality. It builds on well-known technology, includes an AF system that's easy to use, as easy to use as it is powerful, and in a competent 4K video and on an impressively long-lasting battery, it becomes a package that can take excellent photos pretty much regardless of what you encounter on your travels. The 28 to 60 f4.5 or f4 to 5.6 kit lens is conveniently small, but isn't especially bright and has a rather limited range, although. Or adding better lenses makes the package rather less portable the nikon z5 is a little larger but offers comparable image quality at a lower price but other than the lack of a built-in flash the sony a7c or yeah a7c would be out of uh by our choice if you want a travel companion capable of making excellent image quality Next up, Sony A7S III now in stock at Amazon. The A7S III is available in limited stock quantity on Amazon for $3,498 with free shipping. The fastest delivery is Thursday, December 24, so it will arrive just before Christmas. But as of this article, there was only three left in stock. So if you want to get one, you may have to jump on it quickly, or they could already be gone by the time you hear this article. Next up, 8% discount on the new TT Artisan 50mm f1.2e lens with this code Sony A7S3 will ship on December 21st at B&H. Use the code. 08YZE72X to save 8% on the newly announced TT Artisan 50mm f1.2 APS-C e-mount lens sold on Amazon US. Don't know if this code also works on the same uh, product page at Amazon DE or UK as I have not tested them. And the Sony A7S III will finally ship on December 24th according to B&H Photo for a retail price of $3,498 U.S. So I will definitely include a link to this article in the show notes in case any of my listeners want to pick up that 50mm lens or the a7S III. Next up, Sigma announced new firmware updates for the MC-11 adapter and 35mm f1.2 FE lens. Benefits of the update for the Sigma 35mm f1.2 FE lens. The info is included in a link in this article, which is in the show notes. Improve the phenomenon that the focus does not work on rare occasions where the focus mode is set to AF-C or continuous AF. Benefits of the update for the MC-11 adapter. It makes the converter compatible with the Sigma 120-300 f2.8 DG HSM sports in sigma's sa mount and has the latest firmware version 1.02 it has improved a rarely occurring blinking phenomenon during movie shooting so definitely good to see that sony is staying on top of the firmware update or sigma is staying on top of the firmware updates for their adapter And last up for this week, TT Artisan has just announced the new 50mm f1.2 APS-C e-mount lens, which retails for $98 at B&H Photo. The new TT Artisan lens can be pre-ordered at B&H Photo, and there's also an accompanying YouTube video from TT Artisans that gives you some more details about the lens. And of course, you can check it out for yourself in the show notes for this week's episode remember to check out the liam photography podcast facebook group it is a private group and you must answer a security question to join which is named the host of the show myself liam and i have also opened it up to allow you to give the names of a previous guest on the show Uh, which will also get you in and prove that you're a listener. Once you are in the group, you're free to post your own original work to the group. If you would like creative critique of your images, you can post them with the comment, CC please, and myself or another pro in the group would be happy to give you some pointers now i'm also the admin of the fujifilm gfx 50r group which is the largest group for the 50r on facebook if you own or plan to own the gfx 50r you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions questions are, do you own or plan to own a GFX 50R and what style of photography do you shoot primarily? You can find my work at www.liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my project at www.forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and the first book in the series, The Northwest Counties, is now available. All right, and that is going to wrap up this week's episode. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. And I will see you all again in another seven days.